Hello, Lincoln Berean. I'm Cody. I'm the college pastor here. Uh, and I am stoked to get to hang out with you today and, and just invite you on to the journey that I've been walking through in these passages uh, as we explore how to have a heart of courage. This past year in college ministry has been absolutely phenomenal. We have walked so many students through some crazy transitions, and it has been because of you. And that is this thing to celebrate. But this morning, as we get closer to the end of our semester, we want to take a chance. And as a church, we kind of want to celebrate our, our graduating seniors. So if you're graduating from college this year, would you take a second and stand up? Yeah, let's give them a hand. That's amazing. Thank you, guys. That is awesome. That is incredible. See, we have the opportunity to do this because you choose to love our college students. Our, our students love it here, and a lot of times we're found kind of over in this section, section five, or right outside in between services, uh, hanging out at the tables. And I know, as somebody who came to faith in college, that there was a moment where I stepped foot into a church for the first time, and it was terrifying. <laughs> Uh, and just generations of people saying, hey, I'm glad you're here, made a world of difference to me. And so I want to invite you as a church, for the sake of our college students, don't be a stranger. We would love for you to swing by and just be like, hey, we're super glad you're here. And, and that, that may be all you, you need to do, but it means a lot to us. And now maybe, like some of those seniors you're at a spot today that uh, maybe you need to make some decisions. Some of, our, some of our seniors are getting ready to make some pretty big decisions as to, okay, now what, where do I go to work? What happens if I have to move into a new city uh, and I don't know anybody? I don't have the church relationships that I've been able to build. And maybe some of you, are finding yourself today at, at that spot where just the mere idea of making a decision, let alone the wrong decision, has you feeling a little bit trapped? Has you feeling a little fearful? Well, this morning, we're, we're going we're gonna to step into that. We're talking about decisions, but we're, we're also talking about fear. And so I want to take a second, and I want you to just pause with me for a moment and reflect back not on the millions of decisions you've made in your life, but just the few you've made this week. How many of those decisions were based somehow in fear? How many of those decisions had a level of angst connected to it? You see, anxiety, fear, these are major factors in our world today. And they're major factors in my life. This has been... Uh, a wonderful journey to get here 
to get to walk through this passage, but we get to see, and I got to see, what God is trying to communicate to me in the midst of these hard times. What, what is he asking of us? And so we're going to open up our Bibles, flip open your app, slide wherever, to Joshua chapter 1. Now, I didn't know a lot about um, the Bible when I first stepped into the church, and so Joshua, I assumed, was a book. You can get there in the table of contents. Uh, But I want to give you a little bit of background about what is going on here. You see, God, up to this point, has some pretty big plans for the people that he is faithfully walking with. They are called the Israelites, And he led them up to this promised land, but fear of what was in the land of Canaan kept them out. And I would say that at this point, Moses has passed away, and and God charges Joshua with leading the nation of Israel. And he's saying, all right, suit up. We're going to step in to this, and we're going to do this together but you're going to have to take a risk. And you're going to have to trust me. You see, I'd say there's a solid chance that the, the people who are preparing to, to walk into this land are, are pretty fearful. So let's step into God's word and navigate what he says to Joshua. In verse 1, it's God's charge to Joshua. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, And the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and cross this Jordan, you and all of this people, to the land which I am giving them, to the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness to Lebanon, to even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Remember, God is speaking to Joshua here. He is saying, I will not fail. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession for their land. I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. In verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but rather you shall meditate on it day and night so that you are careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God 
is with you wherever you go. Sparknotes version, in short, hey Joshua, you're in charge. I'm not going to leave you. Be strong and courageous because I have commanded you to do so. Be strong and courageous. Obey my commands. Be strong and courageous. Do according to my law. Be strong and courageous. Meditate on it day and night. It took me a while to catch on to this a little bit, but as I was reading through it, I'm like, why both strong and courageous? Aren't aren't they similar words? I mean, what is it that we need to understand here? Because God's being repetitive, so there's clearly a message that I need to catch on to. Well, the Hebrew word for strong here means to fasten upon or to tie fast. The strength comes from what it is bound to. Much like a, a plow in the olden days, it, it, it by itself isn't able to complete much work. But if you bind it to a horse or an oxen, it, it, whatever that tethering to helps you drag the plow, and the plow can now complete its purpose because of the strength that it's bound to. Courageous, courageous translates a little more into like a a strength of resolution. Being able to stand firm. And, And it's far less about me and my strength. But it's far more about Standing firm, being confident in the strength that you're bound to. What's crazy is growing up, I firmly believed that um, strength and courage exemplified itself in in guys like Sylvester Stallone, um, John Wayne, um, Batman. The, The guys who... When you watched, they were never afraid. They, they were so confident in what they were doing that they just gritted their teeth and did it. In the 90s, there was even a, a, a t-shirt brand called No Fear. Uh, and, and I sit there and think through all of the things that I told myself about, like, well, you, you can't be afraid and be courageous. But recently... A quote from John Ortberg came to my attention. It says this, We all think courage means not feeling fear. We think that courageous people are people who actually have no fear. Actually, that's simply not true. Actually, the only people who can exercise courage are the people who are afraid. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's, it's doing what God wants you to in the presence of fear. G.K. Chesterton, a great Christian writer, said that courage is a strong desire to live, taking form of a readiness to die. This means that as long as you live, God will continue to put you in places of risk, 
so that you can trust him and exercise courage and grow. And then God will lead you to a new place of risk where you can exercise courage and grow. And each of these new risks probably comes with some level of uncertainty or, or, or fear, but he'll do that over and over again because, because church, as much as I would love to sit here and say, man, you can learn about courage by listening to some phenomenal college pastor tell you about courage. That's not how it works. That's, that's just not it. See, you only grow in courage by trusting God, obeying him, and taking action. Isn't that exciting? That, that, that's so freeing even when we recognize that like fear doesn't have to stop us. So where does this courageous heart come from? I mean, we see many examples throughout the Bible uh, of people who did this Christianese word, abiding. That's that's not a word that we use very often in our culture, abiding. Um, It's similar to remaining in or binding oneself too. And so abiding is simply binding myself to God and his courage and strength. I have some examples here. There's a guy named Daniel in the Bible, and, and Daniel bravely ignored a command of the king to only pray to his God, and he spent intentional time that ended up, that intentional time with God got him thrown in the lion's den. But God honored his courage and loyalty by saving him from the lions because he chose to bind himself to God in prayer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three guys got thrown into a fiery furnace. Sounds great. Um, Because... They refused to bow and worship the idol the king had created. Instead, they remained in faithful worship to God. And God rewarded their courage by saving them, and even the king was convinced that there's no other God higher than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. Because they chose to hold fast. Moses... Boldly proclaims to Pharaoh, let my people go. And he leads them out of Egypt up to the Red Sea. And hopefully we know the story where God parts the sea and they walked across. Why? Because Moses was a man of courage. He tied on to God's strength and he knew that God would remain faithful and true to deliver him. Each of these, and the list can go on and on and on, but each of these 
It's just an ordinary person like you or me. The reason we know them is, is because of their courage. If they had remained in a heart of fear, they, they would have not moved forward and we probably wouldn't know anything about them today. But instead, they chose to step into the risk. They chose to walk intentionally with God. Not to be strong and courageous, this isn't just an automatic thing. Strength and courage are are some ingredients that are revealed by God in Joshua. And maybe today, maybe you're sitting here saying, okay, Cody, I hear you. But you, you, you don't fully get it yet. Uh, I'm listening. Maybe, maybe you're graduating and moving to a new city. And, and that's terrifying. Maybe you just recently bought a house and, and you're stressed about getting everything packed up and you're afraid you don't have enough time. Or, or maybe you haven't figured out where you're going on vacation this summer. Or, or maybe you didn't get that cover letter on that TPS report. Or maybe... Maybe it's a little more serious. Maybe rent is coming due and your bank account's not matching up. Maybe you are trying your hardest to parent and you're so scared that you might mess it up. Maybe your your dad just received a terminal illness and you don't know what's next. See, whatever fear is gripping us today, we're commanded to be strong and courageous. See, Joshua and the people of Israel had a solid chance to they were going to die. They, they had every right to be afraid. And what did God say to them? The same thing he's saying to you and to me today. Be strong and courageous. So in order to be, overcome this fear, in order to start to encapsulate strength, strong, and courageous hearts, we need to take a second and jump ahead to the Apostle John. In John chapter 15, we're going to kind of look through, what does that abiding word mean? And hopefully we can unpack this a little bit, but in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 11, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it can become more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me. And I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, you must remain in the vine. And so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. 
We've got we to remember, this is Jesus talking. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, so proving to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will keep remaining in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Man. As someone who at times has a fear-driven heart, it doesn't sound so good to be filled with joy, to, to be like overflowing with this courage. John clearly says that those who abide in Christ will bear kingdom fruit. And and abiding means to, to remain in, to saturate yourself, to, to, to sit in truth, of who God is. And it starts here. We as human beings need to recognize how broken we are. How every time we we try to fix something, we, we break it some more. And we need to surrender our lives to Jesus. Because of what he was capable of accomplishing on that cross, because he is the son of God, because he lived a perfect life that we cannot live. And we need to start as a church, not just stopping there, but we need to take that next step of becoming more like him because we are so connected to him that we can't help but pour out who he is. Because of your connection to him, you have a heart of courage. And it's so much overflowing that there's nothing else to do. There are seasons that, if I'm going to be honest, I feel like I'm driven by fear. Uh, This week, I felt like fear was going to take over. I I sat over here on on Tuesday morning. The room is empty, and and I had um, the microphone on, and I stepped on stage and began to speak to an empty room.
and I became terrified. Not because of public speaking. I, I don't mind that, um, but because one of the hardest things for me to do is to admit that I'm not good at something. See, I'm afraid right now because it's hard for me to talk about something that I'm not excelling in. This, this process of abiding is difficult, and there's a lie that sits on repeat in my head that says that if I experience fear, then I have failed in following the way of Jesus. And even this week, uh, I had the opportunity to, to kind of experience a, a couple of different things and, and it started to help me to learn that there's a difference between feeling fearful and being driven by fear. You see, the, the feeling is more of a check engine light. It's more of a, hey, Jesus saying, lean into me. I got this. I will not fail you. I'm, I'm not planning to leave you. Lean into me. Abide in me. And so I had to say no to some really good things uh, in my schedule and, and some really exciting things. And anybody who knows me knows that if it's fun, I'm in. And, and I, I want to do anything that's fun, Always. It's probably a driving factor in my life. But instead of doing some of those really good, fun things, I, I decided I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to spend that time talking with God. And then one evening I, I hung out in my hammock in, in that little bit of sunshine we got this week. And this wasn't me trying harder or pushing through, or gritting my teeth, and, and just going for it. But I'm afraid sometimes because I have to say, hey, I'm learning this too. And as a Christ follower, maybe you're wondering similar questions. Are, are you abiding in Jesus? Maybe, maybe it's time to ask yourself, what's your fruit? Is your heart filled and overflowing with courage? Or is it riddled with fear? Is God's truth remaining in me? Or maybe today you're sitting there going, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, maybe that's the point of recognizing our brokenness and surrendering everything to Jesus. And maybe today you just feel like your wheels are spinning. You're kind of stuck and you're like, listen, I don't know how to move forward. Maybe God is pruning so that you can bear more fruit. These are exciting things. You see, 
In verse 8, we know that, that John, or Joshua, I'm going to go back in chapter 1, verse 8, Joshua was commanded to abide, and to meditate on his word day and night. And, and it made me realize, just like in John 15, Joshua was asked to stay connected to God, stay connected to the source of courage and strength. And so how many of you have ever been to a movie theater in the middle of the day, and you, you step out, in, like after watching the movie, you step out into the sun, and you're like, ah, this is just too bright, right? If you're anything like me, the immediate reaction is, I, I just kind of want to go back into the theater. But if you remain there, your eyes, your vision corrects a little bit, right? And this is similar to what we're saying about God's truth. You see, I have to remind myself of the truth that I'm tethered to. Over here, I have some coffee mugs, uh, and I love uh, drinking coffee, but um, these normally sit right above my desk on a, on a coffee rack. And these are what I call my, my vision-correcting coffee mugs. They're, they're the idea of when I step out of the dark into the light, they help me remember who God is. And so this one over here, my, my wonderful Husker mug, um, it reminds me of fall 2020. I stepped into a new job as a college pastor here at Lincoln Marine. Uh, I, I invited some two foster boys into my family. Life was a little crazy. And I was full of fear. And what I learned in that season, what that mug reminds me of, is that if I'm not being strong and courageous, it shows me what I'm putting my trust in. It's me turning to God and saying, I can't or don't trust you right now. It's that check engine light of me reminding and being reminded of what God did in that season and all of these seasons where he said, I didn't leave. I didn't forsake you. Be strong and courageous. And Jesus says that same thing in, in chapter 14, in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Jesus is prepping his disciples for something amazing. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to have to go away. But if you abide in me, I'll be with you forever. Again, this isn't behavior modification. This isn't try harder, do more, grit your teeth, and be strong and courageous. It's remain in me. Tether myself to God. And that may mean that there are fears that today we need to surrender. 
in the trust that God will help us have this heart of courage because he alone is the source of courage. So you want to experience real change today? Join with me in learning how to remain in God's truth. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. God, I need to surrender things to you, these fears, I need to hand them over so that your courage and your strength alone would encapsulate my life. God, help me learn to abide. Help me to walk faithfully with who you are. It's in your name we pray, amen.